All right, let's get busy because we've got a real busy agenda with topics worthy of discussion. And our panel, every Wednesday, joining us in-house, Dan Moulton, consultant at Crestview Strategy, as a public affairs agency, and a one-time advisor in the McGinty and Wynn governments. Danny, good afternoon. Good afternoon, John. One time. One time. All right, Peter Tabbins. <laughs> For about 15 minutes, you went in. <laughs> one time. One, one advice. Don't hold it against me. <laughs> a one-time advisor. Uh, MPP for Toronto, Dan Forth, the NDP's energy and climate change critic. Peter, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, John. Good to see you. Likewise. And Anthony Fury, Sun Post media columnist and national comment editor. Hello to you, Anthony. That's me, John. Ready to go. All right. Well, let me ask you first, then, because we've had this discussion uh, in the previous hour, and I extended it because I think, you know, this is the topic du jour and for the week ahead, certainly with a, a seven-day uh, window before we see legal marijuana. Uh, a lot of people are wondering how this will play out in the immediate or just the uh, short-term future uh, gong show or smooth sailing, I wondered. <laughs> but, you know, even a spike in impaired driving, if uh, Colorado legalizing uh, marijuana four years ago was any indicator, the state found that more than 20% of the drivers involved in fatal accidents had some level of cannabis in their system. I don't know what... Uh, the baseline was for that but nonetheless they say uh this did bring about an increase in impaired driving relating to drugs so i mean do you are you confident that we have this situation in hand enforcement wise are we just about to uh unveil a social experiment for all intents and purposes uh, john i get that there can be no n- no beta test of this there can be no trial project you either do it or you don't and i i support the legalization of marijuana and i think that the prime minister is right to do it and campaign on it and the polls show that the majority of canadians do back him although i i think we've been a little hasty we had these artificial timelines and the secondary bill that went with it for enforcement was a bit sort of rammed through and there's new stories now about how something like 800 police officers are being tested in in enforcement criteria and so forth. Well, well, shouldn't so way more than that actually have some experience in this? I mean, shouldn't we have put a bit more robust measures into all this? So, yeah, I'm certainly concerned that people are going to be driving while stoned. And at the same time as, as, as saying, hey, guys, this is now legal, should there still be social stigmas in the conversation against this sort of stuff? Because I think people are going to think otherwise. Like I, I pass people on the sidewalk who are just like puffing marijuana smoke in your face these days, which you would never do with a cigarette because you know it's rude. Yet they seem to think like now it's anything goes. Mm. All right. Uh, so we're getting too licentious early on. Dan, do you have any concerns about this rollout? No, I, I think that let's accept the fact that a heck of a lot of com- Canadians uh are smoking marijuana today and probably just about as many as will smoke it uh, seven days from now when it's legal in this country. In fact, uh, examples from a lot of other jurisdictions, uh, Netherlands included, uh, where there is a far more liberal approach to, to, uh, to marijuana consu- or cannabis consumption, uh, is that rates actually don't increase. They often decline. Uh, it's one of those things that isn't seen as a very cool thing to do when it's legal. And so it sort of uh, takes a, a different sort of tact. I, I think police are, are well-equipped to, to deal with this. I think they'll probably uh, continue to use some of the tools that they already are using in terms of identifying whether or not a driver is impaired uh, with a substance like cannabis. Uh, you know, does the car smell like it? Does the person smell like it? Do they look like they're stoned? Do they have a box of Krispy Kreme donuts in the passenger seat? Right? I think there are there are tools that police are already using, and I have, I have a lot of confidence that they're going to continue to be able to do that. All right, because, uh, you know, Anthony mentioned only 800 or so. It's I think the number is 800. 133 across the entire country 240 of these specially trained enforcement officers in the province and it doesn't really suggest that there's going to be you know a high percentage of them per capita anywhere soon so for all intents and purposes enforcement almost looks like it's an afterthought here there's nothing going on unless you think there should be a heightened presence early on to send us symbolic 
uh, signal to the public that, hey, now that it's legal, though, we're still going to be, you know, pressing cases. Peter, how do you feel? Well, uh, it's been interesting to hear both Anthony and, and Dan on this. What I've seen is a situation where the provincial government, the liberals earlier this year and the conservatives up to, to date, really not dealing with this issue in the way they should have. I, All of us knew when the legalization was going to come forward, whether the exact date was going to be October 17th or something else. We knew it was coming forward. Why the liberals and then the Tories didn't put in place education programs around driving while you're intoxicated is beyond me. We spent the summer debating whether or not Toronto Council would continue to exist in its present form when, in fact, this was a far more pressing item. I have to. The running ads on TV, by the way. Have you seen the ads? It's a bit Don't late. drive high. Yeah, but I, I think it takes a lot longer for an advertising program to have the impact that's needed. I watched the Mothers Against Drunk Driving campaign go on for many years, and theirs was an effective, sensible, and necessary program. Yeah, they've been running one as well that's targeted at impaired driving for your smoking cannabis, and I, I don't think it... it, it you know, it's important to have public education campaigns, but I don't think there's anyone in this province that's uninformed about the dangers of, of smoking when you when high, right? I think that smoking, I don't think you, you mean driving when high. Did I say smoking? I meant yes. driving. Yes, sir. Yeah, smoking when high can be a real issue, but it's the driving that's a greater concern. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I don't think there's. I don't think anyone you know is is uninformed about that. We've had public education campaigns run by stakeholders like Mad for many years. We've had government-run advertisements at all three levels of government. I don't think there's a, a, a lot of confusion out there about the dangers of it. Not uh, according to the articles that we were provided with when we came here. There apparently in surveys, a lot of people think they're better drivers when they've had something to smoke. And that was a problem with people thinking that they could drink and drive and that they would be better drivers. I'm not saying you're entirely wrong, Dan. Just when I look at it, there are a lot of people who are still confused about this. And I think it's going to take a longer-term process to get through to them. I, I think the provincial government should have started much earlier. I don't think that Ford should right, have dropped you, the ball. You, you had mentioned that, uh, you know, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, uh, MAD. Uh, yeah you know, had a, an education campaign. Well, that was augmented too by these ride checks, the spot checks. Now, working hand in glove, this is why I asked earlier if you think there ought to be some symbolic presence of the police in a ride-like program early on. Now, it may not be, but it may act as a deterrent. This is what I'm saying to people, you know, smoking and driving. Yeah, but I, I have to agree with Dan I, and actually Anthony. I don't think there's going to be an awful lot more new people smoking cannabis after legalization. And I, I walk down the street. When I go canvassing, I can smell people smoking up as I go down the street. That's the simple reality. Yeah, that that's there's endem- an awful lot that's of endemic in your writing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've canvassed elsewhere, John. <laughs> oh, John I've canvassed right elsewhere. I, I it's all bo- over the place. I agree with both of them in terms of the volume. I mean, I, I know a lot of people have invested in pot stocks. We see the uptake. I think we're going to have something like a bubble soon. I mean, I, I don't know where these valuations are coming from. Well, well, it'll be interesting to see with new products, right? I mean, right now, only uh, combustible products or the, right. the use of the dry leaf will be legal for the year ahead. Federal government saying they're going to look at edibles and other consumables uh, after that year. I think the, the beverage industry is certainly one that's going to be transformed by this product. And really, I think the way we conceive of it, where you you know you, you smoke a joint and, and get as high as you can, is really going to change because we're going to talk about microdosing and, and, and drinks that give you a, a much different dose. And then those questions around impaired driving really start to change too, right? Is, is What is the amount you can have in your system and then get behind the wheel? Yeah, and I, and I think in all of this, the enforcement is never going to be as effective as changing the culture so that people think, you know what, Agreed. if I'm stoned, 
I shouldn't be driving. Quickly, let me ask you about the culture, because I know the people in the industry would like to see uh, more leniency towards branding so they can sell product like baseball caps, shirts, uh, you know, and get out there uh, with their specific brand and labeling and cute packaging and everything like that. Should they be allowed? Well, if they match what the alcohol rules are, they're already quite restrictive. So, for instance, TV commercials for people consuming alcohol, even though you have to be uh, 19 to go into the stores and, and buy these things, you have to be 25 to appear in a television commercial because they don't want someone who looks like they might be 16 appearing in the commercial and so forth. So there, there are already a lot of restrictive rules around alcohol. And uh, if we match those, I think we'll find it's probably a pretty high threshold. Well, you know, it's interesting because we've got a lawyer coming on tomorrow who deals with marijuana cases, uh, as he puts it. And he thinks that even allowing the uh, prohibition to be lifted for 19-year-olds is irresponsible. In other words, you know, the adolescent brain isn't fully formed until 25 and so on and so forth. Does that make sense to you then that we would actually allow access for 19-year-olds, Dan? Well, it makes sense to probably leave it up to the provinces. And, you know, obviously here in Ontario, they've benchmarked it the same as they did alcohol. I think that makes a lot of sense in terms of it being a similar product. I agree with Anthony. I think some more of the standards should be set akin to alcohol consumption as opposed to uh, tobacco, uh, which the federal government chose to do in a lot of the advertising rules. The, you know, there's not enough research in in the impacts on on, on young people. And I think we'll also see uh, that change with legalization. There's a lot more research being done about what the impact is on young people and the, the developing brain. You may get an argument on that, Peter, quickly. Well, no, these are good good questions. And this is one of the frustrations I have watching the cannabis bill being jammed through the legislature. I think we're going to have like two days of hearings, which is nothing for a bill that's going to have an impact on this province for many decades to come. Well, Trudeau Again, dumped it in the province's lap. You blaming the province? The, the provinces have their own responsibility in all kinds of fields. We have responsibility when it comes to the administration at our level. We should have been debating this bill much earlier in the summer. We should have had enough time for a well, full public consultation. There was a bill passed under the previous government that had a, a you know, full legislative process undertaken by it. I don't think this is a partisan issue. I think this is a, going to be a sea change in our country over the coming years. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see it roll out and how we adapt. The courts are going to play a big role. Police forces, no doubt, will be doing things like you're talking about, John, to sort of show their force. Legislators are going to have their role. We're going to see course correction here. I don't think we need to make it a partisan issue at every juncture. All right. No, well, that's when, when you don't to cut you off on that. That's a problem. All right. Well, Doug Ford was on yesterday and he said as much. A lot of audibles going to be called at the line. Uh, my words, not his necessarily, although he does like <laughs> football. Let's come back. More topics worthy of discussion with our panel Dan Moulton, Anthony Fury, and Peter Tabbins on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Another issue is the potential for being called out to duty in an emergency and so forth. We'll be able to iron things out. We have a, a really good team and we're all over it right now. What I need to do to protect the public and to protect the officers more so than not, it's not a measurement of impairment. Mm -hmm. It is a measurement of fit for duty. And how do you define that fit for duty that becomes relevant? For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.